You're listening to episode 29 of season two of On Your Way to Work. Work. What's joy got to do with it? An interview with Don Whitestone. Enjoy the show. Now, you might not believe this, but the career path of almost every super successful individual included having a job just like the one you have now. You're either going to or coming from work, so we might as well talk about it today on Your Way to Work. And now, your host, Ricardo Witten. Hi, listeners. This is Rick Witted, and you are listening to the podcast show On Your Way to Work. I have in studio with me today, actually by phone in studio, Don Whitestone. Really excited to talk to her today. So Dawn's space is unique. She's a licensed mental health counselor, but she's also a coach to business owners and different organizational leaders, etc. So I think she's a perfect person to talk to in studio today. And of course, at the end of the show, you can go and check out our show links and you'll see a nice bio and a picture of, of Dawn there as well as some links to some important information she's going to share with us uh, at the end of our talk today. Dawn, how are you doing? Rick, I am fabulous this morning. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Absolutely. It's good to have you in studio. Dawn, you and I have talked in passing a few times, and so it probably seemed like this was never going to occur, but thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. In in my mind, I'm calling you my brain doctor, and uh, <laughs> the audience is going to wonder what that means in a second. So since I put that nice teaser out there, what does the brain have to do with work? And, and we want to talk a little bit today about joy, and does it even belong in the workplace? So I'm just cueing you up. Take that away. Well, Rick, to our brains... What's most important is not what we know, it's our relationships with people. Uh, One of my favorite things is what's most important to your brain is not what you know, it's who you love. And if you get your love straight, your thoughts will follow. Uh, And the converse of that is also true. If, If we're not careful about the relationships that we have, that can lead us down the wrong path faster than bad information. And so when we understand how our brains work, it can really help us in those relationships with people and to be more productive at work, to have a lot more fun at work, and to enjoy what we do. So so this is interesting for a couple of reasons. So when I hear someone talking like you're talking, I immediately think of personal relationships. But when I start seeing the workplace most folks would think that your conversation about who you love and how you love people and this idea of joy, it just doesn't fit there. So how does loving people and your brain translating um, joy as 
being loved or loving someone fit into a workplace environment where most folks, by the way, think uh, this is not about personal anything. This is professional. This is business. I'm here. I'm nine to five. Then I'm out of here. I don't want to love anybody. I don't have to love anybody. And I don't know that anybody loves me anyway here. I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend 40 hours a week in a place where I'm not loving what I'm doing and and enjoying the people that I'm with. And I know in our culture, when we think about love, a lot of times we're thinking about romantic love. But um, relationships, we have relationships with everybody. So we have relationships with our coworkers, with our bosses, with our clients and our customers. Business is really all about making connections that make sales. I mean, business is about connecting people for the purpose of exchanging value for dollars. Right. We have to connect with people to do that. If we don't connect with people well, if we're inconsistent about how we connect with people, we're sending off mixed messages, and that's bad for business. So relationships are vital to business. So it's it's interesting with with what you're saying. So this show is about talking directly to workers in the workplace. There's a lot of places, mm-hmm. a bunch of talking heads about business leaders and owners and how to start a business. I talk to the people that stay on the work floor. They're 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 in the trenches every day, and it sounds like what you're saying. And and please correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like what you're saying in a sense that the key to career success, career progression has less to do with the job and the work you do and more to do with how to navigate in, uh, in relationships day in and day out. Is that a correct statement? I think that's a very accurate statement. Of course we need to do our job. If we're not doing our job well, Uh, we're not going to be there for very long. But more people are let go for their attitude Mm. and for for the way that they do things than for not doing the right thing. Wow. Can you say that again? That was a very powerful statement. More people are let go for their attitude, for the way that they're doing things, than for not doing the right thing. Yeah, so I have a book coming out. I I always shamelessly plug that on this show, Outgrow Your Space at Work. And it really is all about attitude. So let me ask you a couple more questions around that. So is this something learned or is this something that is just innate in you? If I am not good at navigating personal or social relationships with other folks, am I doomed to not have a successful career Absolutely not. Uh, The great thing about skills is that skills are learned. And really, a lot of of so-called personality problems that people have are simply the fact that people have not learned a skill because the people that they were growing up with didn't have that skill either, and and they they weren't able to pick it up. Relational skills are learned through face-to-face interactions with people who already have that skill. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, how to handle anger. Conflict management is is a huge workplace issue. If we grew up in a home and in an environment where people did not handle anger well, we don't learn how to, in my language, return to joy from anger. 
and we don't know how to handle ourselves, how to continue to act like ourselves when we're feeling angry. But that can be learned if we will learn it from somebody who already has that skill. And that's one of the things that I help people to do is to assess where, what areas am I strong in, what emotions am I good at, and, and where am I weak, and how do I get with somebody who's good at that and learn how to return to joy from anger or from shame or from sadness. I totally agree with you in that that person that can help you bridge that it seems like that will require a lot of trust. So if I'm if I'm dealing with anger, I'm I'm not talking to you uh, and I'm not asking you to help me get through that if I don't trust you, because in the workplace, there's a risk for me to say, hey, I'm struggling with anger. Can you help me? through this, both to my coworkers or, or my, my manager, I would think. Yes, and that can be difficult in the workplace, and sometimes the workplace isn't a place to learn those skills. Yeah. Uh, part of the reason that, that I market myself as an executive coach is what has happened frequently is I'll start working with a business owner or someone who leads, leads a team um, because they recognize they have some skills lacking, and I'll work with them for a few months, and, and they will get the results, and they'll say, wow, I really need you to work with my team. And that is one of my goals, is to, to be able to work with the people on the floor, like what you're talking about, the people who are doing the customer service, mm-hmm. uh, who are really the lifeblood and the backbone of every company, the ones who are out there serving the customers. So. I'm I'm glad that, that this is a show for them as well. Yeah, so it's so interesting. We did a, a show several months back. I don't even remember if it was uh, season one, uh, but we did it on workplace engagement. And I looked at some of your briefing, and you talked about the same Gallup study that I talked about, um, where just barely a third of the folks in the U.S. and Canada are actually engaged in the workplace, meaning they're emotionally and personally connected to the objectives and the goals of the organization. And I think worldwide, globally, that number is about 13%. So we're in a really bad place uh, in the workplace. And the folks that I talk to on this show are are really not not happy there. I, I, I use this analogy that if you look out in any parking lot, every 10 employee cars in the employee parking lot, only three wanna be there, seven don't wanna be there. I mean, you use the word joy, and I think it's appropriate because when we hear that, we know exactly what that means. But what? how do we connect joy in the workplace? Is that something work can give us, or is that something we have to learn to have independent of work? It's said another way, does work create my attitude or do I bring the attitude at work? I know we all kind of blame work for creating it, but but does work create my attitude of joy? Or do I have at work what I came through the door with? Uh, you have at work what you came through the door with. It's It's our job to train our brain to be joyful. And unfortunately for a lot of people, they didn't grow up learning how to do that. Our normal mood state, what we consider the normal way we feel, is generally set by the time that we're two years old. If we lived in a household, if we had parents or other 
you know, grandparents or babysitters, caregivers who are joyful people, um, then our normal mood state is, is pretty good. But if they were angry, if they were worried all the time, we're going to be irritable. We're going to be anxious. If, if we may be depressed. And so we have to retrain our brains to be more joyful, which is really what we're designed for, Rick. We're designed to live in joy. Um, and that's when our brain functions the best. And so, and I had to do that myself. That's why I'm so passionate about this because I didn't have a joyful mood state that was normal for me. And, and I had to learn, I had to retrain my brain to live in joy. And it's so much more fun. <laughs> Let me tell you. I, I, I would agree with you. Joy, for some of my listeners, joy is, it may be a word that they can't get around. Are there some, some synonyms for the word joy that may help our listeners with a better word picture of the state you're trying to describe? Sure, sure. To, you're, from a neuroscience perspective, joy to your brain means someone is glad to be with me. So let me say that a little better. Mm. To your brain, joy means... Someone is glad to be with me. And we know that when we feel it in our bodies and when we can feel our eyes sparkle. So if you walk into a room, let's say with your spouse or your child or your grandchild or even your dog, and they're glad to be with you and their eyes light up, that feeds your brain a little bit of joy. And it will actually grow that part of your brain we're in the front where you know who you are and how to act like yourself. Hmm. So um, is that a good word? Yeah, I, I, I get that. When, when, when you said that, I thought of two groups of people. So, and, and by the way, I've, I've worked for these two groups of people. So one is I've got a boss. I walk in the door and he or she is, they, they treat me like I am a key person to the team. They, they, you know, for the lack of a, a more professional word, they throw a lot of love on me, right? They, they, uh-huh. These are people who are natural coaches. They grow me. They develop me. Um, they treat me with respect. And, you know, this is a person in my mind, they're, they're for me. And I have worked for people like that countless times throughout, you know, the last two plus decades of my career. Now, I have also worked for the other kind. The kind that you talked about, um, that they didn't have joy growing up either. They weren't the most <laughs> pleasurable people, or maybe they were nice, but more neutral than they were emotional and um, are not natural coaches, right? Their way of coaching is to say, hey, I need you to get this done. And if you come back and it's not done, they're, they're asking the question, why didn't you get this done? Why couldn't you do this like, like so-and-so did it? They're, they're not people of joy. So when you hear those type of uh, uh, folks that you, you're going to work with, it, it seems like your idea of having joy can be tough. Even if I come in with it, what if there's someone who doesn't have it? Well, this is one of the tricks that I teach to salespeople and customer service people. Uh, the great thing is you don't have to be in, in front of that person all the time. You don't always have to be with the one you love, as the saying goes. Yeah. Um, 
if you will simply stop, and this is an exercise you can practice every day, practicing appreciation will increase the size of the joy center in your brain, and that's your executive control center. So if people will practice just stopping and, and thinking about those people that they, that they do appreciate, the people who appreciate them, until you can feel that appreciation in your body and, you know, that smile just automatically comes to your face. So, so my example is usually my mom. And, I, and if you think of something specific that person has done with you, it really helps to increase your level of appreciation and joy. So I think of my mom, and I think about how every time I go home to Indiana, she will have saved rhubarb, and she will make me my favorite rhubarb pie, which nobody else in the world makes. And it, it helps me. It just lets me know that I'm loved. And every time I think of my mom and rhubarb pie, I smile, my shoulders relax, and I feel that sparkle come into my eyes. So the way that I use this and the way that I train salespeople to use this is when you know you're going to have, you're going to have to meet that client that you're just going, oh, I wish they would go someplace else. Or you got that meeting with your boss that you're not looking forward to. If you will take some time before then, and, and it only takes a minute to stop and think about somebody that, that does love you until you, you feel that change in your body and you feel that sparkle in your eyes. When you walk into that room, you're going to have that sparkle in your eyes. You're going to have that joy in your heart and in your mind, and that will be attractive to them. That's one of the keys. So When you have your sparkle eyes on... It, it helps to lower their defenses. So let me throw this in on you, because when I hear that, my first thought is, wow, that takes a great amount of mental restraint and control. And and what if I don't have that control? That That's one question. And then the second would be, so let me say that question better. How do you gain the control, or I think you use the term gain your center to be able to do that? And then secondly, those are ones we can prepare for. What about the moments when that boss or that coworker catches us completely off guard and we can't escape to the bathroom to try to gain our center? <laughs> um, so like one, how do you gain your center, right? Your control to be able to do that when I've never been taught that. And two, how do I, you know, how do I deal with that when I can't escape and I'm caught mm-hmm. off guard emotionally. Yes. Great questions. Uh, keep me on track here, Rick. Um, first of all, we gain it by practicing. And it's, it's not something that just because you know it, you can automatically do it. It's important to practice. Um, and so if, if we'll take time every day to do an appreciation exercise, and the best thing that you can do is set a timer for five minutes, you know, at some time when you have downtime, on a break at work, when you're at home, the best time is really right before bed mm-hmm. because if you go to bed feeling appreciative, everything going on in your brain and body is going to work better while you're sleeping. But, but and, and getting to the point where we can spend a full five minutes really feeling appreciation, and, and that's actually a brain exercise. So just like when you go to the gym... You may be only able to start with those 
10 pound weights on the machines, but six months later you're doing the 50 pound weights. Well, if you, if you exercise your brain, you're, you're building that muscle to be able to handle things better and it will just be automatic. You'll already be stronger. So for the listeners hearing you, I just want to leave them with something practical. You're saying take five minutes, uh, best time is before you go to bed, but, but any five minutes you can gather and Mm -hmm. begin to just think about people that you know actually appreciate you. People that appreciate you, people that you appreciate, and the specific things that they've, they've done. The idea is that you're feeling that appreciation in your body for the full five minutes. I've actually put together a 30-day program mm-hmm. that I call the Joy Reset Project for those people who don't have joy as a normal mood state. And that's the first step in that, in that Joy Reset Project is to get up to five minutes of appreciation. So let me, let's get to that second part of that question. So what about when I'm caught off guard? I, I walked into an office. I was, I was happy, excited. It's a great day. And then the, the boss had egg on their face. Nothing was done right. I couldn't get it right. And I can't leave the room. I'm trapped. The do- I just heard the doors lock. The bolts snap. <laughs> You know, the movie where, like, the room gets long all of a sudden and it's just me and I'm getting hammered on. Mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking right there, Joy's kind of out the door, out the window. I'm just trying to survive and get through this. You know, talk to me about that scenario. Right. And that's a great question. So, first of all, if you've been spending that time exercising your joy center and building it up, you're going to be better off. So the the more joy strength you have, the better off you're going to be. But in that moment, the best thing to do is really to breathe. Take time to, to focus on your breathing, slow your breathing down and, and focus on your heart. And you'll notice when our, our breathing and our heart rate are connected and what happens when, when we get stressed out and, and our fight-or-flight response kicks in is our heart rate and our breathing both increase. But what that does is it moves blood and energy activity to the back of the brain where anxiety and irritability and depression mood and all we're trying to do is survive. Well, your boss is not a tiger. He's not going to eat you. So the important thing is to calm down enough that, that you can actually think and make good decisions. So the so the best thing to be able to return to your joy center or to be stressed out but be able to continue to act like yourself is to slow your breathing, which will help to slow your heart rate and get that blood and that energy back into the front of the brain where you can make better decisions. So I, I love that, and um, I like how you try not to say that in clinical terms. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> And listeners, listen, I, I will give that to you in someone who just has spent their life on the work floor. I'll, I'll say it to you this way. Here's something really practical. Ready? Shut up. You just got to shut up. You, you got to be quiet. It takes a lot of breath to talk. It really does. And so where uh, Dawn is talking about sometimes you've got to step back, be quiet, f- quiet, focus on your breathing. Every word you say takes a breath that you could have been focusing on. Sometimes it is best to just listen. Sometimes it is best to be quiet 
and to just own it. And when you do that, not only are you beginning to gain a sense of what's really happening here and what are they really saying. And let me just throw on there a side note. Listen to listen. Don't listen to respond. Just listen. And something happens that I think um, becomes transformative to the leadership at work when you figure this out. You become the image of someone who has professional maturity and someone who takes ownership. And if there's anything that I know as a manager or as a business owner that they look for more than anything, it's other people in their te- on their team that will own the business and the results of the business and the day-to-day activity of the business. Ownership is so important. And so this exercise that Dawn is talking about, the best thing you can do is be quiet and listen. And don't feel so compelled to give an answer, even if you're asked a question, if you're not sure of the answer. You know, ask that question, you know, answer that question by asking another question. Can you clarify what you mean or restate the question? So what I'm hearing is you want me to da, 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 da. Is that correct? I am telling you uh, in any event, whether you're dealing with a manager, you're dealing with a coworker, or you're dealing with a customer, the person that talks the most loses because the other person gains more information and understanding of that person. So that that's my version. It's not clinical, but it's it's 20 plus years of messing up and sometimes getting it right in the workplace. Don, anything you would add? I know we're about out of time here, but is there anything you would add? In that situation, um, one of the things that I also teach people to do is to write things down. Because if you've got your, if you're breathing and listening and writing things down, it again, it's buying you time, like you just talked about, to be able to think things through, and and then being and then you've got notes, and you might even say to that person, "Wow, this is obviously really important to you. I want to make sure I get this right. Do you mind if I take some notes?" And you know, and and then you can also go back to them and say, "Well, what I heard you say was this. Did I hear that right?" And yeah. really seeking to be under seeking to understand before being understood yeah, and, and just recognizing this person's going off, something's going on with them. It may or may not have anything to do with me. I just happen to be a convenient target. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I tell you, you just, you resonate so well, Don, because I've seen more careers stagnate uh, or I've seen more people get on the trampoline of job hopping because of the inability to navigate around this topic. And you listeners, you've heard me say this on multiple shows uh, this season for sure. Work is far more emotional than it is logical. It is far more an issue that hits at the center of who we are than we think it is. And yet it's so amazing that we're always so caught off guard by it when something happens. But when things don't go well in the workplace, there's a reason it feels like you got a kick in the gut because it is truly Mm -hmm. personal and emotional. And if you think it's only professional, you are going to struggle 
in your career and lets you have a career of one and you don't have to interact with any person uh, in the world ever. And I don't know of many jobs like that. So it has been great, Don, talking to you. I think joy absolutely is something that uh, belongs in the workplace. There is no way we have finished that today. Um, And I'd love to get you back on sometime in the future to build this out. I love your thesis that to our brains, joy equals someone is glad to be with me. And there's a lot of folks in the workplace that do not think that applies to them. So, Joy, I know you have a, a, a conference coming up soon, Don, and Joy is a big part of that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, I would so love to tell you about that, Rick. And listeners can find out more at the website, website joystartshere.com slash Florida. But my mentor, the, the person that I learned practically everything I know about the brain things will be coming to speak. His name is Dr. Jim Wilder. He's a neurotheologian. Um, he actually trains people on how our brain interacts with God as well as how we interact with other people. Uh, and that conference is coming up Friday, October 9th in the evening from 7 to 9, and then all day Saturday, October 10th. It will be at the Bill and Vonette Bright Auditorium, which is which is at Crew Headquarters Campus Crusade for Christ here in Orlando. And I would love to have as many people come as possible. Very interesting. So again, that website, if they want more information, is what? It's www.joystartshere.com slash Florida. Great, and we will make sure there's some links uh, at the at the website for them to, to get there if they go through uh, uh, rawitted.com. So hey, thank you so much, Don. It's been great. Hopefully we'll get you back on in the future because uh, I, I think there's probably more questions we, we pricked today with our listeners than we actually answered. But hopefully we, we gave you something to think about, guys, and to really get you... Uh, focused on this journey and this pursuit on how I can come with joy, how I can gain my center uh, emotionally. Um, if, if you can't, yeah, you're in a danger zone trying to work next to other folks. And, I, and I'd add, it's no different at home. It's the same, same idea. You actually spend more time at work. So those are two places that are going to be very tricky to navigate if you, if you cannot get a hold of this. Don, thank you so much. It's been great having you on. Thanks for having me, Rick. I've really enjoyed it. You've been listening to episode 29 of season two of On Your Way to Work, an interview with Don Whitestone on the topic of joy in the workplace. If you would like to learn more about Don, visit this show's page at rawitted.com forward slash podcast. Also, be sure to check out joystartshere.com forward slash Florida. As always, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash rawitted or tweet us at rawitted. And if you have a moment, please leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you liked, disliked, and what you would like to hear in the future. Thank you for tuning in and have a blessed week.